to another episode of bobcast with you as always is bob live in the lounge staring at the ouija board stoked to have uh, real life people tonight on the show stoked to have musicians enter the lounge to chat with me because you know i'm longing for for friendship let's just be honest T- uh, tonight's guest uh i feel like before the pandemic we were like you know we were walking this fine path of just, you know, we were about to become friends and then, you know, had to be separated, you know? So I had to invite him back onto the show just because I want to see how their pandemic's been. Um, they've both been on the show before individually. So I thought, why not bring them back together? They're also going to be accompanied tonight by Bryn. She's filming with a vintage camera. With that being said, please welcome to the show, Zill, Paul and Bryn. How are you guys? Good. Good. Howdy. Just kind of dealing with stuff i know um, right Bill just did a bunch of uh shoveling at his bus yard earlier um yeah and zill has been rehearsing with underground thieves yeah for the you're going out on the road soon right like in like a week or so yep leave it on sunday, sunday. are you gonna have to shovel your way to the bus <laughs> i think so but we're going to florida so it's gonna be nice Oh, that's really nice. It's like a different world down there where people are just, you know, coughing each other's faces and they're just like, whatever, let's just go out and live our life. <laughs> I, uh, lately I've been uh, trying to like make ends meet and I uh, picked up a job doing DoorDash and uh, I gotta say, I'm really enjoying my job. I'm getting paid to basically listen to podcasts, deliver food and observe people. But when I go into restaurants, sometimes I look at people and like, I'm so amazed that like, you know, I'm in there with my mask on picking up food with a whole faculty of staff that's wearing masks, but magically, because they're paying for like a 1999 entree, they can have no mask on and sit there looking like, you know, it's t- a year and a half ago. Do you guys go out to eat or you guys cook, right? You're a cook. Do a lot of cooking. Yes. Yeah. 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 a good cook. You can't cook. Cooks a lot. It, it is delicious food. I mean... <clears throat> Thanks, uh, I just feel like really people, they don't want to learn how to cook and like they get to a point where they're just like they feel like they have to you know order out every night or something like that or like you know put up like a fuss because they can't go to their favorite restaurant it's just like we all make sacrifices so I guess my question for you guys is like what's the biggest sacrifices that you've made in the last year dealing with uh you know our good old friend Kurt Cobain or excuse me Kurt COVID <laughs> <laughs> Kurt COVID um I think it's, you know, I had like, uh, as a musician who plays bars, you got to get more than one job, you know? So I had three jobs. I was working at Zill's bus yard. Um, I was, uh, working at first notes, teaching kids and I was doing gigs. So mostly it kind of scaled down to doing just the zoom stuff, teaching the kids, uh, music. Um, you know, because the buses really weren't going out. Yeah. Uh, there was no sports, which is what we do at Superior Bus Service. Mostly sports for, uh, you know, the schools. So, sacrifice, you know, it, I, I want to work more, honestly. I yeah, wanna... I feel you on that tip, man. 
you know, I got laid off right before it. I didn't even think so. Like your whole like bus service, like that sucks. Yeah. You know, yeah, we've been pretty much shut down. Mm -hmm. Cause like Paul said, we do after school sports and field trips and even some of the schools have come back, but they, they're not really doing too much in the way of sports or definitely not field trips. Yeah. I feel bad for kids, man. We're very lucky that we were able to like <laughs> grow up unharmed. You know what I mean? Yeah. What about you? And like, uh, I mean, working not wearing masks to school, like that's crazy. You know? Yeah. It's nuts. Think Imagine not being able to see like people's like reaction. You know what I mean? Like the, the social emotional level of like what what if you meet a kid like, and it's like you can only see half their face you know it's like who are you you know what though <laughs> I, I have to correct myself here because like uh over the summer though i did see this one breed of like a uh, teenager young 20 something year old who relished in you know wearing a mask i saw quite a few of them where they were like you know nobody can judge me you know what i mean like all my acne all yeah. my pimples all my yeah, yeah. All my insecurities, like like I just saw this one kid, and I could just like almost read his mind of just being like, I don't care no more. I'm free. I'm just a man <laughs> yeah. amongst many with a mask, and I could do whatever, you know. Like, so uh, that's a positive spin. Yeah, I mean, like I guess you have to kind of spin. I mean, I have enjoyed wearing a mask, you know. But Bryn, like I, I want to ask you, like uh, with digital me media, like you know, like people aren't filming things, they're not doing stuff, like your uh, your business. No, see. Mine's going to be a, it's probably going to sound like a safe answer, but it was definitely a little crazy because I went from working two jobs, probably 12 hours a day trying to pay off debt and then everything shut down. So to be fair, the first like month or two, I was like, oh, I get a break because we thought it was going to last month tops. Two weeks. Two weeks. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it actually allowed me to open up a, another business. I had my video business, which of course nothing was going on. Cause I'm very connected to the bands that are playing. So if they're not playing, I'm not really doing much at the moment. So, but, uh, but I got to do this, this Reiki stuff. I don't know if you saw any of that, but. I did. Yeah. I've, I've taken uh, a class at uh, Monco a few years back. It is great. I mean, anything like that's uh, fun. You know, I'm uh, a big fan of uh, anything that's holistic that can like improve your life, you know, because it's like, why, why are we all just like suffering so much? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like we've been through the ringer the last like year and like this year too, like as we, we record this podcast, it's airing on, uh, we recorded this on February 18th. And uh, what do we get like eight, nine inches out there? Like, today, yeah. Felt like nine felt, inches. Felt like it. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah. Yeah, it was it was like a two and a half hour endeavor for me. You know, what about you guys? Uh, we just got done. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> literally got done maybe like an hour or so ago, two hours ago. I, I started plowing at um, well, I started shoveling to get my plow out at about seven in the morning. Wow. And, uh, yeah, I just got done, and it's it's been a long day. Yeah, yeah, got done around six, I guess. So. They just plowed my street right now. Uh, so we've got I've, some trips tomorrow. So like we had to clear off buses. We had to clear, you know, the bus yard. So that could happen. Tomorrow. Here's a question I've never asked on a podcast before. How do you clean the top of a bus? <laughs> well, there's oh, these God. huge things that look like a giant llama. <laughs> and you go like this and you... <laughs> It's, it's basically freaking heavy. Yeah, <laughs> it's basically a huge squeegee on a really long pole, and it's really heavy. And you do it above your head, 
you just pull you basically pull the snow and ice onto yourself that's you wonderful know? it's great in fact it hurts right now that i'm doing that <laughs> oh man you the stretch you gotta get the recovery <laughs> I, I guess somebody out there like, has a company making just that that tool what, what's the name of it like uh, is there a name for that tool i we call you, it snow squeegee you snow squeegee you got a few of them um <laughs> We had them. We had them. I feel, like, I feel like they called it a llama or something. Yeah, my dad used to call it that. But we, oh. um, <laughs> that's a cool name them, too, actually. I had them custom kind of appropriate. built. Uh, some some company in the middle of Pennsylvania built them for me. Oh, and they're probably cool. loaded rich. They're like, we're gonna sell big one year. Oh yeah, <laughs> there's plenty of buses out there. People remember need all the years the it didn't snow, and everybody was like, you think it's ever gonna snow again? You know, I'll just look at grass, you know, and. I love like uh, I'm part of like this group on Facebook called Talk in Plymouth and some of the um, posts that I see on there sometimes, it, you know, like uh, I saw like a whole bunch of like 10 p.m. posts last night. You know, do you think there'll be trash tomorrow? <laughs> you know what I mean? With like <laughs> 10 inches. And it's like they really go at each other on there. And it's it's fun to know that I live in a local community where, you know, people can lose it just because of a, a snowstorm. But it's not as bad as what's going on down south. Have you guys seen the news? Uh, I saw a lot there. about Texas. Yeah. Texas is like totally like, which makes sense. Like they don't really have any, um, they don't have plows. They don't, you know, they don't have what we have in Pennsylvania. No, they ain't got no salt pyramids. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm like, I, I couldn't get any information today. I mean, in the time that I was online about a grid system that fails that badly, you know what I mean? It is the worst type of like a human injustice, right? When your power goes out. <laughs> you know what I mean? When it's like, you know, 20 degrees or something. You yeah, take I mean, personally. yeah, that's the worst. I mean, summertime, it don't really matter. But I mean, in the dead of winter, you know, like um, it is not fun at all. Like uh, we lost power last year for four and a half days with the four, four-year-old. And it was just, we had, to, we had to leave at one point. But um, let me tell you a story though. Zill always calls them like old poor stories or something like that. Like, cause I grew up, you know, whatever in the, in the, in Bumblefuck kind of. <laughs> so we're in Bumblefuck and we lose power all the time. You know, like a thundercloud farts and we lose power. Um, for like one time we lost power for like seven days. So we didn't have power for like seven days. We're like washing out of sinks at other people's houses who somehow had running water. Were you out of sync? I was out of sync, actually. <laughs> um, and eventually my dad got a generator, but, you know, living out in the middle of nowhere in Kenneth Square area, um, we lost power a lot as kids. It was like candles were our friends, um, blankets if it was cold, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, it's very, I like the the flow you were going with there. It was like the beginning of like a major motion picture. Yeah, <laughs> I've taken this time. Candles uh, for our friends. <laughs> during the pandemic, uh, you know, with extra time, you know, because every day kind of bleeds into night at this point, you know, and it's hard to wear anything but sweatpants or comfortable clothes, to be honest. But one of the things I have been enjoying is watching films that I've never seen before. Have you guys done anything like that? Like where? You're doing something to entertain yourself. Read a book that you totally, have. Yeah, I saw uh, Catch Twenty Two from 1970 last night. I've never seen, you know, Catch Twenty Two. Yeah. Uh, the book by Heller. Um, never saw the movie. Art Garfunkel's in it, which I thought was interesting. Um, saw that last night. 
Um, I saw Chinatown with a uh, uh, Jack Nicholson. You know, like old stuff. Did you watch Chinatown the whole way through? I did. It's a long movie. It, it, it is a long movie. It's crazy. Sometimes I'll pause it and watch it the next day. You know, like I'll stop in the middle and watch yeah. it the next day. I, you know, I, I, I watch I, it sitting down all the way through. I don't remember. That was. I, like changed, I changed my mind on it as I got older. Time. It's hard hard to stay up, like you know, <laughs> yes. more and more as I get older. It's weird. Like uh, I used to be such a night owl, man. You know what I mean? But now into the pattern of being a dad, or you know, like nine nine thirty, I'm done. Like no matter what. Yeah. Get up early, but I mean, I just miss being able to stay awake. So like, if something's a little bit shorter, <laughs> I'm in. But yeah. oddly enough, I can listen to a podcast for like two and a half hours straight and be completely engaged. I don't know what it is about TV, but like maybe it's because they changed so much. It's like we were kids. You know what I mean? Like uh, the UH, UHF, VHF look to it to like today's like modern resolution. It makes my t- eyes tired. I had to get glasses. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like struggling at night. <laughs> yeah. You guys concur? I totally get that. Yeah. I, you know, sometimes I'll go to my room at like six o'clock and watch shit on my laptop until nine o'clock, 10 o'clock. I actually put on podcasts to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. The nice. TV, the light of the TV kind of keeps me awake. So I'm kind of the opposite of you, Bob. Do you um, listen to a particular podcast to fall asleep? You can say mine if you like. It's uh, it's okay. <laughs> I actually the podcast them. is on all the time. No, actually, <laughs> actually no, no. It's it, We listen to Preston and Steve. They, oh yeah that's right they have their own podcast yeah it's been it's yeah well it's a podcast of the show from that day from on air oh they like do they summarize the whole like uh it's just the show from earlier in the morning if you that's missed pretty cool. from on uh mmr but it doesn't have as many commercials which is great so and, and it's you know it's just dumb morning radio humor and you don't really have to pay attention to a story or whatever yeah. you just kind of shut your mind off and yeah off it is great in those early morning hours, especially, uh, I don't know if you guys ever listened to WIP, like when the Eagles are, I mean, just today we lost Carson Wentz, or I don't know, I should say lost, we got rid of maybe, I guess would be the proper way to say it, but yeah, sports yeah, radio in Philadelphia, there's so much character here, you know what I mean, listen to that station, it's like people are so entrenched into the Philadelphia sports culture that they are willing to risk it all spend all their life savings getting tickets you know it's wild what were you we just talking about uh, the wip like am it was like wip sports radio yeah you remember that i remember that yeah totally <laughs> my dad used to listen to that like yeah, that's just the thing the car. Uh, it's like you know what i mean like back then with no internet and no like stimulation that's a you know the supercomputer at her i don't even have my phone in the room right now it's a prop but we didn't have any type of distraction so anything like that would stick into our vernacular where we would just be like wow man like i mean i still remember like um what was that one song uh i mean like i, I have like weird like all those pop cultures. there yeah, were so many jingles but um weird like uh imagery like the ponderosa which was on uh um, oh yeah hell yeah what is that uh it's ridge right so yeah. what what the outback was was this place called the ponderosa and for the people who are I listening who know what i'm talking about it was the <laughs> greatest the sizzler, the sizzler in the world 
before before you even had a thought in your mind that the government was uh, out to get you, this was the place to go to get a slice of meat. But uh, <laughs> it's it's odd because uh, I don't know why just that popped into my head of all things. Was that like cafeteria style? Like you just walk by with your tray and grab things. And then the ice cream machine. I don't know if you recall that as a child. I mean, that was like, you know, going to uh, Guy Fieri's Flavor Town. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but um, 80s pop culture, yeah, I mean, it's great. And it's kind of odd to me now that it's being, um, I guess, repopularized. Like, you know, like Stranger Things and stuff like that. Like Cobra Kai, you know. Cool, you know. But I'm a fan of like news stories, which brings me back to my original point. Any other films? You guys don't, uh, do you watch any movies though? Uh, well. Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah, to answer your question originally. She uh, can answer the questions for you if you'd like, I mean. Uh, <laughs> I, I've actually gone the other way. I, I've cut out a lot of television and movies and social media and drinking and. Uh, well, well, okay, so I have to stop you there because I like how drinking got <laughs> grouped into the. The mix of <laughs> pop culture and uh, social media. Well, I'm just doing all the stuff that I'm trying to cut out. Um, and I've, to, I've spent most of my time recently just practicing drums, exercising, reading. I've been writing a little bit. I actually wrote a story about surviving this pandemic as a professional musician. Because I've, I've been fortunate, um, you know, with Pawn Shop and Dead Flowers, we've had some local gigs. And then with Nick Perry and the Underground Thieves, we've been fortunate enough to do a lot of the drive-in shows. Uh, we opened up for the Struts, we've opened up for Blackberry Smoke, and that's what we're about to go out and do another run with Blackberry Smoke in Florida. So um, there's been a lot of stories uh, just about how different it has been uh, with social distancing and what it's like backstage. You know, if you're watching our shows, uh, you may think it's business as usual. We're up on a big stage, there's lights, there's fog. It's, but if you were backstage and you see that we're eating, we're eating our catering like out of the back of our van and we're, we're ducking behind our van to like get changed because there's no dressing rooms and all this stuff. I, I just felt like I had to write about that. So I've cut out a lot of the stuff where I'm just kind of like sitting on the couch watching TV or, and like I said, I, I'm, I'm not really on social media too often anymore. I, I think I'm on about 20 minutes a week just kind of looking at things, but uh, that's allowed me a lot of time to be creative, um, which I didn't, at the beginning of the pandemic, I didn't start out that way. It was like a big party. <laughs> it was, yeah. But then, you know, just, you start getting fat and lazy and I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta change things up. So those were the things I cut out to allow more time to be creative and, and healthier. So that's what um, I, I guess my question would be, uh, is the, uh, is the story in a, like the form of a novel or a screenplay? Right now it's considered an essay. Um, okay. I'm probably, like a... I'm probably going to, uh, well, I, I'm building a website for myself and I'm going to have it housed there, but I'm probably going to try to get it published as well. And the thing is, it's an ongoing story because we're going out again, you know, in a couple of days and we're already like we had an adventure today, just trying to get Brian Weaver, our bass player here, <laughs> He was in Northeast Philly. And is he there play. right now? Is he He's here now? Yeah, here. And so is Nick Perry. Want to sit in right now? I mean, we—I didn't know he was there. I mean, like, I don't want to. Brian, Brian, Nick, you're welcome to. But just getting getting Brian here today in the snowstorm. You know, I had to go out with my SUV with the plow on the front and go get him and 
you know, slipping and sliding down the Pennsylvania Turnpike. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the, the essay is, is still going on, you know, so it's an ongoing story. It is an ongoing story. Um, first, uh, congratulations. Um, you know, uh, I, I think that the two um, acts during this pandemic that completely um, took off running were Burt Kreischer and Nick Perry and the Underground Thieves. <laughs> Burt Kreischer was the first comedian to do the, you know, the parking lot thing. And then like, out of nowhere, you guys just start doing it, you know, around here supporting um, local music, you know, uh, with all the ties to the bands that we've talked about on previous podcasts, what was it like as a drummer to, I mean, like, you know, uh, you're not performing uh, outside, you know, bar or something like that. You're actually performing on a nice stage. What was that feeling like? And maybe you can just take an excerpt from that paragraph. You, you've probably written already about that feeling. Tell me what it was like. Uh, well, it was liberating because it had been months since I had performed and also just to have actual people, you know, to play off of and to see their reaction. It was, it's an emotional experience because you don't realize until it's taken away from you, how much that conversation between being a performer and the audience member, that conversation that you have and to finally be back on a stage where I could see people getting into it. Now it was very different. Everyone was in cars. Um, so it was a little strange, but it was it was a beautiful thing to be able to connect with an audience again. So when they clapped, I guess they beat their horns, right? <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of that going on. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's great. There was a video I saw. I think I heard the me 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 me. Yeah, Brynn, did yeah. you film the, the? Are you filming like a, a music doc of the whole thing? I well, I wanted to apologize because I keep looking over this way, I'm in the middle of putting together the itinerary for us, our tour coming up, because I'm acting as tour manager slash all the behind the scenes. Busy, busy. Stuff, since it's only the trio. Nick, so, you want to say hello? There's a lot sure. going on here right now. Yeah, everybody can join. If you could fit everybody in there, I'd love to say hello. And <laughs> I mean, I haven't had this many guests on the show in a while, so I mean, like, you know, it is what it is. a cup of coffee right now. Um, it's been, it's been, it's been nice to be able to still somewhat work, even though we have to adapt to everything going on. But yes, we're very lucky to have the opportunities to still be doing what we're doing. There he is, boss man. Yeah. I mean, we, we have to I'm do. I'm gonna use the bathroom. Real we quick. have to take a lot of uh, <laughs> take COVID any tests. <laughs> What's that? Oh yeah, how many COVID tests uh, per day? <laughs> Not per day, but you know, depending on uh, venue restrictions or and or state restrictions. <sighs> There's Nick. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Nick. Uh, privileged to uh, have you here. A uh, question for you. Do you have Hello, cream in there or is it black? Is it black coffee? Definitely not black coffee. It is you sweet and creamy. <laughs> yeah. Are you a double-double like shot kind of Dunkin' Donuts guy, Starbucks? What's your, uh, your thing? I'm not a Dunkin' Donuts guy. Um, I, I moved to California like 15 years ago. I spent a lot of time out there. And the coffee there is so, so strong um it just on a local level on on like the chain stores that are there too i don't know what the what the thing is but everyone there i think just expects like rocket fuel coffee so i kind of got <laughs> spoiled or not spoiled but i got accustomed to that so dunkin donuts is, is very very light it tastes light to me now so i just tried to find like dark coffee 
I used to live in uh, Silver Lake out there, and there was a place. There you go. From uh, Intelligentsia. Yes, that's it. Yes. <laughs> Come on, man. That coffee is the bomb. Yeah, man. It was an amazing. I I lived in Glendale, and like I always would like you know drive around that reservoir, man, and just. Beautiful I just went to there. live there on that boulevard, and there was a place called um, Spaceland, I think, or uh, right on the boulevard. And Monday nights they had, like, you know, it was free admission, and it was like I just thought it was the coolest place in the world. By the way, there's a movie called uh, Under the Silver Lake, which kind of like touches on that LA, like you know, newer, like you know, mystique quality to that environment. But yeah, LA coffee, really good. You know what I mean? Like as compared to you know out here where. Dunkin' Donuts and Wawa, you know, I love Wawa. I, I'm partial just because, there we go. <laughs> it's okay. Um, this is what we want here on the show. I'm loyal. I'm loyal and I'm like a hardcore, you know, I'm excited about my East Coast, Philadelphia things I like to represent. Um, but, you know, just for the strength, for the strength and, and the stuff we're talking about now, I, 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 I just prefer like, you know, more boutique-y, stronger stuff and just a gent you know a wawa or a dunkin donuts no offense to either <laughs> i don't think wawa or dunkin donuts is going to show up in like yeah oh, no, wawa no sent him to... a wawa sent him a christmas yeah i, I gotta be careful because I, I i have my uh no i'm kidding. legit wawa christmas sweater. I, love that yeah. I have an amazing wawa christmas sweater i'm gonna keep it forever it's got is it the swan yeah the goose the goose yeah. but it's got the goose it's got like little uh is it the old school goose Remember the old school Wawa? Like, uh, there's an older logo that's like kind of like gone away. Yeah. Don't let it slip from your imagination now. Like, it's yeah. the- <laughs> I think it was. I think it's the current. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Isn't it crazy, Wawa? Like, you know, the culture of it growing up around this area, and then you know, going somewhere like Los Angeles where they, you know, they have wonderful food, but I always felt like the bread was just lacking. Hundred percent agree. Is that where we're- Oh, yeah. Whoa. There it is. Can we? I don't know if that's pot- Yeah, there it is. Old school. Yeah. Oh, that's right. People who have gotten that tattooed. You said don't let it slip from your memory. I, yeah. I totally would think, remember that now. I, I would think it is more like the new the newer goose. Yeah. The newer <laughs> goose. <laughs> Either way, though, I, I am recently, I didn't know we were going to be plugging Wawa here tonight on the podcast. <laughs> I, I, do, I do buy their uh, their you know corporate center up there or down there you know whatever. All of a sudden and, it's like we're gonna take a break and do a spot here. Wawa's actually, got great hobbies. Do you guys know uh, Aunt Terry? She's nah. like a, a Eagles like um, public figure, like a character. She she talks like this. She's from Delco, honey, and she. Oh, covers, um, she's I been. Know from, I know her from doing the Bobcast shows. Yes. Yes. She's yeah. been on my show and we prank phone called Wawa once and we tried to get a, the recipe for their new hamburgers and it went up the level where we, we got through and then we were threatened and we could never air it. But uh, it was a great moment that could never be. Wow. Maybe when like this whole thing's over, I'll, I'll release the episode. <laughs> it was really, really funny, man, that they were so serious. They were even so serious that I think that they took down my VPN and uh start seeing like mysterious messages show up in my uh, gmail like i never got wow wow like messages never signed up for anything at all but all of a sudden i start seeing like you know doordash like all these advertisements i don't know but yeah so anyway you guys are gearing up you guys practice there in the house downstairs in the basement right yes it's, it's, a, it's a very loud loud house yes it is 
Paul had made a comment on my Instagram about something because I, I was I was demoing a guitar playing an amp like a small like combo amp. I mean, it it was loud because too big. Yeah, I, loud. I, I did the, I did like an emoji comment where I was like, and I was like, <laughs> oh, dude, I'm sorry, dude, because it's about to get a whole lot louder in your house really soon. <laughs> that was like a couple of days ago, but and I was like, I ain't got no problem with loud rock no, and roll. No, you did. You responded, and I and I ain't got I, no in, problem with loud rock and roll. Encouraging manner. Yeah. Speaking of which. Um... I think I, yeah, I, I was there. Um, I've had Walt on the show twice before. I just want to say, like, one of the coolest performances I ever saw in the city of Philadelphia was the debut of Sinai. Wow. Now, and, see, that's not something I you hear every day. <laughs> so it was at the Grape, uh, the Grape Room, but the Grape Street, you know, whatever. Was it acoustic? Was that our first? It was like an acoustic show, was it not? There, no, it was loud. It was loud. I mean... <laughs> Are you um, sure wasn't it wasn't the TLA then? Or was it the, not that? No, not there either. Was there, okay, were there green lasers? <laughs> Twice I saw, okay, maybe I saw. Was it at uh, the Blockley? No, never, I actually never made it to the Blockley. I'm trying to think maybe it was. Like si did Sinai ever play the Blockley? Pontiac, maybe? Oh, okay. We played so the Pontiac. That was automatic fire. Well, I didn't want to interrupt your thought. Go ahead, sorry. No, I just I really like the, the, the those projects, both uh, Automatic Fire and Sinai. I thought that they were, you know, Thanks, they were fun and different, you know. And I like too that like they lasted just for a little bit, you know. Sometimes a band goes on for too long, and it's like, you know what I mean? Like you yeah, just like move on to the next, roses. you know. What I mean? <laughs> What'd you say? Like pawn shop, like shop roses, you know. <laughs> Sometimes it goes on for twenty years, and it's like what's That's going different on? though. I mean, yeah, that was like kind of. I have a I have a, a poster from our last show. It was in two thousand twelve. <laughs> our last show. It was like there's, our there's great bands that have legacies, and there's also bands who like only like look at the Sex Pistols, classic example, one album, and they're one done. Album. You know what I mean? Lasting influence. But then, like I guess, I just heard today on a podcast that uh, the Foo Fighters are now eligible for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. What? Yeah, twenty-five yeah. years. Hell yeah! I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so wild. Or you know? I think their first album was. I recommend uh, Conan O'Brien uh, needs a friend with Dave Grohl. It's a great podcast. I just listened to that. It's so good. It's really good. Very revealing too. I like the that side of Dave. But um, yeah, it's. I was just saying that it's totally cool that you guys are you know able to get, continue the, the art of performing live because several of the musicians I've had on the last couple episodes are just in this like virtual funk i would call it you know oh, man. Like, i know not and wanting been, to play and, and, and i've been there too because i've been also doing a ton of stuff like that and because we did a radio campaign for the first single last year and and instead of being on tour and like going to radio stations across the country as you drive around you know you basically like you know please play my song you know so you go in and you play typically it's like the morning show you know and you kiss the ring Right. <laughs> and, and, and there's that whole thing. So I had to do them virtually. Um, so I set up my whole basement to do like this thing where I was streaming and, you know, playing the song acoustic and solo. We already know as of today, cause they'll finally let out the bag, how, what he thinks of my solo performances. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I'm doing all these like, you know, solo streaming things. And then I, I was, we did a couple as a band, we did a couple and, 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 you know, I've got mixed feelings about it, and I, and they there is a level of frustration with it. So I, I sympathize and empathize with all my musician peers and and brothers and sisters. 
I do feel very grateful that we are um, in a position that we were able to go out last year and actually play eight shows in different states and different venues. Um, and that we've got these five coming up. I mean, I, it's, we're not taking it for granted. Like we know it's rare. It's extremely yeah. rare. So we are very excited mm -hmm. and we're going to make the most of them and give them all that we got. You know, I mean, they're all different. Obviously the drive-in shows were just a trip because instead of clapping you're getting like hunking <laughs> and people flashing lights and windshield wipers and the whole thing um it was very interesting but the thing i think that is most missed outside of the logistics and the nuts and bolts of like what it is the mechanics of the show i think the thing is it's the communal experience of sharing something with someone you know everybody the artists and the and the audience who like tune in at the same moment in time to the same frequency to the, to the same thing and they share an experience a singular experience and i think that's the thing whether people are conscious of it or not on like a molecular level that we're all missing and it, and it's not just with rock music and rock shows but it's the same kind of thing you get from a comedy show from a performance from a broadway player like it's just it's just being in a room and sharing like that communal experience this is my opinion i could be full of shit, but this no i agree with that opinion completely uh i was just saying at the beginning of this podcast to make ends meet i started doing doordash and like you know as i was doing doordash i realized man i really miss being around people like talking to people in the stores you know your brain actually actually you produce a chemical in your brain called um oxytocin i believe it's called that um it, it, it creates a state of well-being when you're around people like socializing also with live concerts also with you know going to the movie theater which brings me back to a thought i had um, as you were talking right there like uh, when discussing nick perry and the underground thieves i think one of the cool things was when the project first came out i felt like it was like the quentin tarantino of music whereas like there were episodic chapters where there would be a different singer you know like was that the vibe you were going for Initially, yes. And it's interesting that you brought that up because I've been doing and we've, we've been doing a ton of press around this album and this formation of the band, which is what it is now. But um, there are certain people, not not as many as who are on board now, but who remember the earlier chapters, the earlier incarnation of this thing. And it started out as a as a different thing where, where I was basically asking like all my friends and all my musician friends and and people that I love and respect to like come in and be a collaborator on each song was going to have like a slightly different kind of collaboration recipe. Um, and then it over time, it just started to keeping in mind, I've been in bands for 20 years and I've worked again, very grateful to have worked with some wonderful, wonderful, talented singers. But this is wood, by the way. So <laughs> yes. Sometimes you knock on something else, but this is wood. This is wood. <laughs> I'm grateful, but at the same time, and I say this with all due respect and love to my to my former compadres, uh, at the same time, like I just I wanted to uh, on some level like strangle. Uh, uh, if I saw a lead, are, are you a lead singer? I just wanted to strangle someone who's a lead singer. <laughs> so I just I've been beaten up by singers for so many years, and I just said, you know, fuck it, man, I want to sing my own songs. Period. And now I know. want to strangle him. And now, yeah, now you can. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> but, it all comes back around. You know, it doesn't matter. And, and you know, I was, I've been, because I, I have been writing, and even with Silvertide, going back to Silvertide, you know, there was no question who was going to sing in that band. Walt Lafty's a legend. 
and one of the best singers I'll ever work with in my life, you know. Um, but but I I was writing with him and writing melodies and writing lyrics and he was the guy who was delivering them as he should have been. But it's something I've been doing for a long time. It's just, again, not something that I ever did publicly or, or I, obviously I'd never fronted my own band before this. And so um, that was like the big gear shift between the Underground Thieves and then becoming Nick Perry and the Underground Thieves. I just decided, you know what, enough is enough for better or worse. I know I'm not the best singer in the world, but I don't think I need to be. Yeah, you know, there's this thing that Kurt Cobain said about it doesn't matter uh, how good someone sings someone else's songs. It only matters how good they sing their own songs. And I love that quote, you know, and it's like, so what? I can't sing, you know, a, a Queen song, but so what? I don't need to. If I can sing a Nick Perry song, okay, then that's, that's, that's all I need to do. Do you know what I mean? So I really had fun um, exploring that and shifting into that mode and leading this band and, and becoming a front man. It's actually been the most fun thing I can think of in my adult life other than, you know, becoming a dad. But it's it's been very, very rewarding and very fun and scary. But oftentimes I've learned if, if you're slightly scared by something, run to that. <laughs> I agree. Because you're, because you're growing and we get in our, these comfort zones. And, oh, it feels good to stay in our comfort zone. Of course it does. It's like the womb. You just, we just want to be all warm and toasty and live in there forever. But you don't grow as a human being. You don't grow as an artist if you always do what's comfortable. <clears throat> so I've made a habit, sometimes by choice and sometimes not by choice, of breaking those comfort zones um, throughout you know, my journey. And every time I do, I feel like I grow. And there are, there are growing pains. But um, ultimately, you know, at least in my experience, you're very, uh, I'm very, you know, proud of the, of the growth and um, I'm driven by it. You know, there's a reason why there's got to be after 20 years, why I'm as excited, if not more excited than when I started. And how's that possible? And my wife says to me all the time, like, don't you get bored of it? Like, isn't there just a day where you're just like tired of playing guitar, tired of writing songs? And I, no. <laughs> no, I don't think there is. You know. Yeah, it's so, endless. Um, a couple points. Stomach just growled really loud. <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to hijack this conversation. This is your interview. I'm no, no, sorry. no. You can stay. You can stay. You can stay. It's good copy. It's good copy. Um, I'm I'm stoked to have everybody. Um, it's yeah, a full uh, house. A full house interview. I just recalled was um. Yes, I did. My band opened for Perry Farrell's Satellite Party, which you oh. were part of. No yes. shit. When I was in the band, I was very early on the uh, bill that evening, um, and I'll never forget. Like you know, uh, you know, back a, in the day when you're downtown harvest with downtown harvest. Yeah, when you're a young band, you know, and like you got to be there to open for you know Perry Farrell. You get there like two p.m. for a sound check that's gonna go. Your show is gonna go down like you know eight thirty at night. We were there all day, and I'll never forget. Like, you know, it came to the portion of the show when, uh, you know, Perry Farrell and the Satellite Party would be uh, taking the stage. You guys were on the stage and like the door just opens and just Perry just walks in with his wife, takes the microphone and goes straight to the stage. And it was just like that moment of just like, wow, man, like, look at this dude, you know, because I was so influenced by not Jane's, but really Porno for Pyros, especially when they played that Woodstock set, when they had the dancers on, if you recall, like it was such a crazy thing to see during the daytime. And um, 
yeah i just i miss music now talking about it it's like i get that same junky feel too like to it like you know like i heard a song on the radio the other day 88.5 with my wife and like i was like we gotta we gotta find out who this is you know i mean i was getting very excited like i would in the 90s and here it turns out it was damon auburn the gorillas and beck and for some reason like i've listened to this, these guys you know since their inceptions and i couldn't place it and that excites me you know that sometimes Ooh, that like, is really cool you know what i mean like where you're like wow that's great you know what i mean like something new textured that's fun and exciting i feel like that with that station a lot i've been listening to that station in the car since i've been back there's been so many times that i've used shazam to figure out what i'm hearing because I there's they play they play awesome music man I get turned on at least a few times a week I'm going like who is that and then I, then I look up their album and you know I'm I'm getting turned on to new stuff um, it's, it's a great, great station, station. It really um, is. have you guys listened to KEXP they have a podcast Seattle in Seattle yeah, yeah. yep that's another one I've, I've got, have you listened to the podcast no but I the radio station yeah well yeah the podcast the radio station all the playlists are really good. You know, it's more, it's more indie, it's more psychedelic, as in, like, dream pop-ish psychedelic stuff, you know what I mean? Um, I like Oh, he is 88.5, I like the folk, but, um, yeah, check that podcast out, we're, we're promoting all sorts of things. Yeah, <laughs> wah, we really wah, are. <laughs> At the top of the list, Wawa, you know, thank you very much. Wawa and KEXP. I'm not and, drinking a Wawa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but, uh. So man, that's so cool that you were on that bill. Um, yeah, it was a great time, and I do believe now in hindsight, I did see. Maybe did we talk? Fire. I mixed it up. So I saw automatic fire at the grape, but then I believe I saw Sinai at I think down the street at the Pontiac. Okay. Right. Well, you said you our played, debut performance—the very first show we ever played for sure—was was the first electric show we ever played was the TLA. But you played your guitar on the street. It was the first time I ever seen you come out and do it. And like, you know, that was the the moment where I was like, I mean, when you see something like that for the first time, you know, I remember like, you know, I I messed around once with like a wireless and I just couldn't get, it just didn't work. You know what I mean? Like it didn't work for me, especially for bass. Like you you need the the cord, I feel, you know what I mean? To feel the the connection. How do you feel about pants? You know what I mean? Like, well, we have a bass player who doesn't like either. He doesn't like cords or pants. He plays wireless and in is he there? I feel guilty that we haven't invited him to. Is there room for him to? Brian, is yeah. I? Oh, <laughs> what did he say? He's in the bathroom. <laughs> he said, "I'm taking a schmutz." So you're you are correct, and thank you for the kind words. That was the Pontiac for sure. Yes, that was a cool, and it was like a summer night, and like you know, there's people yes. in the street, like you know, like. The excitement was in the air, you know, and to tie it all together. I mean, I, I'll never forget as a kid, like uh, I'm a huge Nirvana fan and like finding out that they played there and like, you know what I mean? Like being like, wow, like and like it's crazy that the older I get, you know, like I still listen to that stuff. You know what I mean? Like that period of like this window of time where like the inspiration comes, you know what I mean? Like you can go back to it sometimes and like really critique the shit out of it, to be honest with you. <laughs> and it's fun, you know. I, sometimes I listen to stuff on Spotify just to see how it sounds uh, sonically. You know what I mean? Like sure. the textures of recording. You know what I mean? Like if you listen to some of that early like Beatles stuff and then you listen to like Wings or something like that, you could see Paul's like, uh, 
you know, not struggle, but like his determination to change the course of sound because he too is somebody who loves music. He, he was on, uh, here we go, plugging somebody else. <laughs> There's another uh, podcast I listened to with Jason Bateman, Will Arnett and Sean Hayes called Smartless. And Paul is on that episode and it's wonderful because Paul really reveals that he is just truly a fan of music. I love that. You have think, to be. To be Paul McCartney, you have to be. Well, I think we're all fans of music. Yeah, I think really, really. a songwriter, you you have to you yeah. have to be you have to sort of like love search listening. out search out new stuff, search out old stuff that's new to you. Yeah, you know, try to like look at the song, the structure of it, how the lyrics work, you know, the the verse, chorus, whatever. Maybe the chorus is first. Maybe the you know just as songwriters, you have to do that. You have to. And it's fun to, to discover new things, you know what I mean? As a as a fan of music too, you know? Well, like it's, it's, sorry, Ed. No, it's all good. Um, I guess my thought was um, it's cool that the, you know, the tour continues and you're bringing excitement to people's lives during this rather shitty time, you know what I mean? Because it's like, there's only so many things you can do at home, you know? I, I kind of wish I was in Florida, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? Because I've been watching what's going on down there. I don't know if you guys saw the Tampa Bay celebration for, you know, the Super Bowl, but it didn't look like no pandemic down there. You know what I mean? Like, it's just crazy. Yeah, but see, that's, I mean, I guess it remains to be set, seen or said or heard hmm. or whatever the expression is, but like, is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? I, you know, I wear my mask everywhere I go. Uh, I enjoy it. Um, I'm cool with it. You know what I mean? I'm also cool with vaccines. If you want to stick something in me, I mean, it's okay. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to do uh, right. <laughs> I'm right. going to grab that sound clip. <laughs> Please do. You know, I mean, I, I have no thoughts about that sound. <laughs> if you want to stick something in me, that's okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. And there's a sound clip for you too, for me. I mean, like we all grew up in the '80s, right? We got all the shots. You know what I mean? like, this way, this way, over here. Hey, here comes a bass player who doesn't like cables and he doesn't like pants. What's up, brother? Uh, <laughs> I'm a bass player as well, and I thought it'd be rude not to invite you on the show. Does anybody have a chair for him so he doesn't have to? Yeah, squat. There? No, we're here. Squat on down there. So you're an Eagles fan. Brian Weaver. I will say player, that. Uh, <laughs> <little private. laughs> we're all COVID tested. Bunch, bunch of bands. <laughs> well, you flew in today, right? Uh, last week. Yeah, no, we wouldn't see him if he flew in today. We made him quarantine by himself in the dark, mask <laughs> on. <laughs> no, five days, five days. No, he had to wear Great. pants. That's why like, so, it was so cranky. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then he got three, he got three tests. <laughs> And then we, let, then we let him in today. <laughs> Poor guy. Wait, so did you get the 15 to no tests? Did I what? The the type of test, did you go and get the results in 15 minutes or? I got one 15 minute test and then I got like a regular one. Did so you, you go to the, did you you go to the two, Plymouth Meeting Mall? Than one regular one. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Did you go to the Plymouth Meeting Mall to get the test? No, one was in Northeast Philly. One was in, they were all CVS. Yeah. So. Uh, one there at Plymouth Meeting Mall? I didn't know that. Yeah, an AMC parking lot. Oh, that was... That's the one I took you to. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I had diarrhea for, like, a little bit. <laughs> so, you know, I had Talk to go about get... That, Paul. Yeah. Well, you know what diarrhea yeah. is about. So I don't need to tell you about that. But, um, yeah, I got a test. I guess it was at the Plymouth <laughs> It was at Plymouth Meeting Mall. I took you there. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been there. Anyway, what were we talking about? I believe we talked about a lot of things this evening. I guess we should talk about uh, the bass guitar. You always travel with, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, your gear is a 
it's an ampeg right it's an ampeg stack that you're yeah. you've been playing that rig for a while right is it the same one for the last yeah it's um just a regular svt classic i have i've used to play like an older like 60s one um but i don't really take that out on the road because they're you know the older ones are finicky and if it's not like tip-top shape you know. all right next ba next base nerd question i know you also you, your fingers and base right fingers and peg. excuse me fingers and peg yeah. yeah dad's tired been up since 5 30 shoveled all day <laughs> understandable would you say fingers finger fingers and pick yeah which one do you prefer oh which which do i prefer it just depends on what the song is you know if i'm playing like something that's you know like a driving rock thing like a no 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 like yeah, you gotta have it yeah being like the driving with eighth notes i'm playing with a pick but if it's something that's groovier i'm gonna use my fingers Wireless. No, there's the sound You go wireless as a bass player? Uh, sometimes, yeah. Yes, you do a lot. That's fine. Because <laughs> I don't want to get tangled up with you. Oh, here we go. <laughs> what is happening? Tangled up with you. No, yeah, I guess I could. I, I, <laughs> I guess you. you no, know I'll, use, I'll, I'll use wireless for sure. How many times? I mean, I guess you, you don't have to throw anybody under the bus, but if you want to, why not? Um, how many times have you guys opened for somebody and blown them out of the water? Ooh. Oh, I don't know. A lot. No comment. <laughs> we're going to be, we're going to well, be so diplomatic. Like I said, no names, but let's talk about when that does happen. Because I mean, I guess like, you know, there is always the sense of wanting to perform and it's not your fault that you want to perform the best, you know, possible way. But, uh, that's, I, I personally always loved the, um, opening slot. One time I opened up for, okay, go. And we played like it was like Rocky too. You know what I mean? Like we, <laughs> we I like this guy. <laughs> we went so hard, you know, that um win, Rocky, win. Yeah, we and and then we, we knew we had achieved it at one point when why not? The lead singer of the band, okay, go, starts sunning my drummer in the doorway to our dressing room at the TLA, being like, <laughs> you know, I used to drum too, and I was uh, you know. A little bit younger it's, it's it's an okay instrument like i was overhearing it like thinking he was just like diminishing like chris's like skills so i mean i guess per se like yeah back in the day there was that sense of competition but in today's world when everybody's out there you know trying to entertain people because they miss it i guess there is no sense of competition but you know no, I, mean? I wouldn't say i wouldn't say that i wouldn't say that i for me number one music is not competitive it's not like something you win with first place sex. So it's like, I don't think about being, I, I don't think of it in terms of sports, like, oh, we have to be the best, period. It's like your own personal best, right? You want to be the I best. I can hear the song in my head now. You're the best. Oh, the best. Yeah, Karate Kid. <laughs> um, so I definitely strive to myself and to push those around me to be the best that we can be. But that being said, I don't want to make it necessarily easy on the headlining band if we're the opening band like we're gonna i always push to do our full thing as if we were the headliner so we'll show up with fog we'll bring the light up cactuses we'll the fog yeah you know like we'll do the You're full show the we'll do as much as we can get away with until someone says that's too much like when we when silver Tide was opening for van halen you know we did the full show i did like my guitar solo where the rest of the band leaves and it was like a solo guitar solo spot and I got word at some point that they were not happy with that because that was like Eddie's thing. 
I actually had that story told here on the Bobcast by Walt. And uh, there is so many like crazy moments that you guys had during that um, whole, you know, uh, leg where you went to Japan. Right. Um, and like, you know, just the whole, you know, you guys are so young at this point, the culture, you know what I mean? Like, it's so interesting to me that music can connect, you know, with an audience that doesn't even speak your language. I think that that's the coolest thing too. You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, like that one scene, you know, the Bohemian Rhapsody moment was kind of sappy, but the one moment that really I enjoyed and is true is that he was so shocked when everybody was singing his lyrics from a different country. You know what I mean? It's such a, a moving thing. And to touch upon like another point back there, you know, I recently have just, you know, I've done a lot of self-discovery during this pandemic. And like one of the things I'm reflecting upon is like my career as a musician. And back in the in the day, yes, I was um, fueled by uh, not success, but like wanting wanting success to like prove to others that like, you know, you could make it because there was always this assumption that as a creative person growing up, I mean, especially in the nineties when I was like, you need to go to college, you know what I mean? Like you need to have a life. If you were a creative person that you were, um, I guess, loathed for it, I guess, or like looked uh, down upon, you know, people who are creative, especially who continue to be creative throughout their life. I always applaud here on the show. So the fact that you guys, you know, are doing it for so like 20 years, all these different bands, I mean, from, Pepper's Ghost to Pawn Shop Roses, Sinai, you know, to Nick Perry and the Underground Thieves. And like, Brian, you've done other things too as well, right? You've, you've yeah. been out there touring for other musicians. Yeah, um, I was playing in a band called We Are Harlot for a while. Um, a band called Terrible Things. I know you said, OK, Go. I actually did a gig with OK, Go when I was playing in Terrible Things. The drummer was cool. Yeah, it was just a one-off gig, so I don't really remember uh, speaking with those guys much, but I was like, oh, this is the band, because they had that video with the, um, with yeah. the treadmills, right? Yeah. yeah. That's right. They yeah. still do that, too, apparently. like they're... Yeah, I remember the gig we did, like, they had the treadmills that came out, and I was just like, this is crazy, <laughs> like, they're doing this on tour. <laughs> did they have, like, a bunch of buses with treadmills? I don't remember, because it was, like, a one-off, like, radio, like, one of them radio. <laughs> but they still had the treadmills. They had the treadmill. I think. I, I mean, this was going back a ways, but... That's amazing. Um, yeah. And yeah, you, I, I heard you say Automatic Fire earlier, so I did that with Walt. Hey, Automatic Fire was great. Cool, cool oh. logo and the cool website, you know what I mean? Like, I remember seeing it, like, ah, oh, this is so great. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I, like, as a, like, you know, like, I continued to play music uh, up until, like, my son was born. And then, like, you know, I, I just stopped because I did go out on the road once and I really missed him. And that's when I started reflecting upon it, just being like, wow. Like, you know, I want to make music now for just the sake of making music and showing it to my son. And it was like, I rediscovered the whole process again. You know what I mean? Like looking at it through uh, green eyes, you know, like the expression, it is true. Well, it's interesting you say that because, and, and I've thought about the same thing, man, because actually before this started, you were in the other room and you were talking about something. We don't have to go into all the details, but it was like you were expecting something to happen a long time ago, maybe that it didn't, it didn't happen. And, and what the something was is irrelevant, but it's, it's our expectations in life are funny because we set these self-imposed goals, right? I suppose on some level, it's not only important, it's crucial because it's, it's perhaps what drives you and gives you motivation and fuels your thing, right? But when you're young, it's all about the destination, all about the destination. We set, we want to be here. We want to do this. We want to achieve that. And 
I don't want to speak for anybody else here, but at least for myself, the big discovery over the years and over the 20 year journey so far has been that it's it's never really been about the destination. It's always been about the journey and and the experiences that we have as we go through it. And are we, in, that's the question that I propose is, are we enjoying it? Are we enjoying it? Because the destination may or may not ever come. And we have to just accept that. All yeah. that really matters is, are we enjoying ourselves as we go? Because no, that's all we sound, really have. I'm going to sound very hippie, but it's like, it really is all about the music, man. Yeah, it really is. Like, it is all about the music. Like, you can say, like, yo, I wish I was signed at this point or whatever, but it's, at some point, you're like, you know what? I like to write songs. I like to be on stage. I like to do all those things. This is actually me. You know, this is all of us. Yeah. Um, and it's all about the music, man. Yeah, I do this. Where I've been signed, and it's been the worst ever. Sure. Yeah. It's sometimes better to be making no, music know. for yourself than it is. I've to heard be many stories handcuffed. from many bands about that. You know, it's. But, Tim Carey has that really good quote that uh, he wishes everybody could just be famous as he is, so that way they could see that it doesn't bring any happiness. You know, it's like it really is crazy too. It's like we we. As humans are like we put these you know limitations and we make these goals for ourselves that ultimately when you're dead you really can't take with you i i believe though that i mean your energy does go somewhere you know like i i feel like the stuff you do matters and i think that one of the greatest things you can do is to leave the imprint of musical energy you know what i mean like for playing sure. for somebody making them feel something putting a memory into their head you know what I mean? Seeing uh, a rock and roll band in the school bus down the street from my house as a kid and being like, what are they up to? Are they in a rock and roll band? How do I get to be Zill Fessler's friend? And how do I get to be inside the Pepper's Ghost? You know, uh, what was the name of the... Was the, gray it ghost. the Gray Ghost. Gray Ghost, yeah. Is well, the dude, I dig what you're saying, man. And I think the most important thing is is that you're playing and 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 for the, for the enjoyment of playing. Because that's the yeah. thing. It's like, if it all went away tomorrow, you know, like, would you still play music? Would you still, you know, and I ask myself that all the time. And the answer is yes. I'll play my guitar and write songs if no one's listening. Yeah. Just yeah. for me. I would do it. I would do it forever just for me, you know. During and ultimately, the, um... when, I'm, when I'm writing songs and I'm, and one of the reasons I think, you know, feeling good connected with people the way it did and, and, and looking back on other things. Why did Silvertide, why did it connect? Why did it work? Why, why did it, it do something that other bands I tried to put together years later didn't? And I think it really comes down to a number of things, but, all, but being led by the idea of it coming from an authentic place. And we were writing stuff that we were digging. We weren't trying to do it to be successful. We weren't writing songs for the radio. We didn't give a fuck. You know, on the radio at the time was Limp Bizkit and Britney Spears, <laughs> you know, like, it couldn't have been different and new metal was like you know just happening when silver tide was happening it's like we didn't care at all we just wanted to write the songs that we liked yeah i want to write songs that i want to listen to yeah exactly i want to be like and oh, i think yeah that's a good song and i think i, I would listen to that <laughs> i think that's what translates i think that 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 shines through in a way and when people hear it and they see the artist performing it they can tell people are smart smarter than other people give them credit for it. you can feel that shit when it's real when it's not real when it's put on and i think that people have an emotional and emotive response to something that they 
feel intrinsically is authentic and pure and real. And yeah. the opposite reaction to something that they can sniff out and go like, that's total BS. You know what's real? My butt's falling asleep, so I'm gonna oh. stay. There you go. <laughs> I'm sitting on like the edge of that's this That's real thing, stuff. But that's real. I'll be right back. There is something I'm gonna get a beverage. He's got a real butt, by the way. <laughs> that sense of uh, real- We still have to finish, Brian. When a band connects, Ooh. you know? I, I saw- um, That's another clip. That's yeah. another little- uh... Soundbite? Yeah. Uh, still have to finish, Brian. <laughs> one time I was at a concert, I had no clue who the opening band was at all. And uh, we arrived as they took the stage and it was very loud. And I was just blown away by the performance. And like, I had no clue who they were until we got in, you know, after the concert, uh, you know, my, I was like, yeah, who's that band again? And it was AWOL Nation. And like, I knew that one song that came out, but like, it didn't hit me at all. I was just like, that's not my type of sound. But then when I saw them perform live and I just saw how vigorous they were on stage and like the importance of knowing that too, like you guys were just saying, you know, like how, I mean, I've seen a handful of bands, you know, get up there on stage and it's just, they're bored, you know, they're not having a good time. They're playing the same set because their lights are attached to, you know, some sort of explosive or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, it's like clockwork, but like, there always is going to be live music, no matter what, that expression, you know, that, that, uh, that feeling. Uh, Brian, like, you know, as a bass player, uh, I, I've been playing bass my whole life. And uh, basically a couple years ago, I was, like, I was like, I don't want to do it no more. I want to learn the drums and switch over. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I've always had this like weird dynamic with the drummer. Like I never could get them to do what I wanted in my head, you know? But I mean, right. do you do that as well? Do you flip back and forth as a... Um, well, years ago when I was, you know, <clears throat> growing up through like middle, like elementary school and high school, I, I played drums. Um, and I think that, you know, a lot of like my super tight, like best friends are drummers. So it's like, I relate to drummers a lot. So I kind of know what they're thinking. And I think as a bass player, like, not like what they're thinking, but like, you know, it's a thing. Like, it, like you need to kind of understand where a drummer's head is and, you know, to be, you know, for that foundation of the rhythm section. So it is a weird uh, thing. There's I no think it's good it. to like, you know, as a bass player to go and learn how to play drums, even like to an extent, you know? So it's, it's, it's made my, you know, experience now with bass easier. I feel like learning yeah, like all the fills yeah. and being like, Oh, that's why I was not, you know what I mean? Like you yeah. can pick it up and I feel, you know, I was also doing uh, piano for a little bit there too. So I just took that time to do something new, you know, and like, as you know, just exploring it, it was just so much fun, you know, cause I had the time, before I never had the time or like, I thought I didn't have the time, you know what I mean? But for sure. Hey Bob, do, do you have a, a neighbor that yells at, yells into your window or something when you're drumming? I've heard stories in your neighborhood. Probably, you're, probably. If you're playing drums, someone, you guys have like a shouting match or something. Pat O'Shea was telling me. Uh, <laughs> maybe not about the drums, no. Um, okay. <laughs> I have if if somebody's been angry about the drums, I could say it's not. It's not an angry thing. It's like you're, maybe it's a friend or something. And yeah, here here's the story. I'll tell you on the Bobcast because it wound up pretty. It wound up not hostile. It wound up peaceful, to be honest with you, because I believe that everybody deserves a second chance in life. It was during the heyday of the pandemic, and um, I guess this is like month three, you know, and it's like springtime, and I'm outside cleaning with my then four year old and my wife in the backyard. I go in the back 
we're cleaning out the garage prerequisite to the story, getting rid of some toys, right? Putting the toys on the side, you know, the only spot where the trash goes, the little tiny corner there is where all the toys are. And uh, I go inside to get something and all of a sudden I hear my wife going, who are you? Why are you on our property right now? And I automatically go into not the, the flight, but the fight, you know, part of my brain where it's like full on rage because I'm just, you know, stressed out about this pandemic. It's like the beginning. I don't know if like there's ever going to be a vaccine. I go outside and there's this guy, this like hippie looking guy who's my neighbor, Ted. <laughs> Ted. Ted's like uh, dumbfounded, can't speak. And like, I'm like, what are you doing here? What are you on my property? Because he's not like in my driveway. He's in my backyard, like right by my wife. You know what I mean? And I lost it. Okay. And Pat heard me. Pat's a fellow neighbor, a fellow drummer. I lost it on this dude. And like I said, stuff that I'm not going to repeat because I was very angry. And um, long story short, maybe like a week or two later, I cleaned out some more toys. I put a sign on one of the toys, Ted, you can have this one. And I put it in his front yard. Hi. <laughs> and I said, yo, I'm sorry. You know, I was very heated because if you recall, I mean, like, I'm, I guess I'm an anxious person, person, you know, uh, and like those first couple of weeks where it was just like, what, especially as a, as a, as a parent, dude, like if I was just <laughs> single, whatever, you know what I mean? I, I honestly, I can relate to those people who are in line with the mask hanging down. And they're just like, I don't care, man, spit COVID in my face. I don't care, you know, like to be young and free, but like when you're worrying about somebody else and you guys all care about each other, you sound like you're doing the quarantine, you know, you know, procedures. It's just a weird time to be alive. So, I mean, this podcast has been uh, has been fun this evening. It has been fun. Yeah. Thank you for for chatting. And I, I I know that feeling. You know, pulling my daughter out of school was just like the weirdest thing. It felt like it felt like we were watching or living in a movie, and it still does. It doesn't. There's many days that I wake up and go like, this is like some bad sci-fi movie. It's not even a good one. <laughs> it's not over yet this movie sucks i hope it's almost over <laughs> and i really do the text that he was sending our band yeah these guys thought i was nuts at first because i pulled the plug we had a music video lined up we had the whole thing lined up i had to get permission from the archdiocese of philadelphia to go back to my old high school father judge and film oh, wow. in my high school we're going to film a music video which i still want to do and we are going to do that but um I had the whole thing lined up and we were already, we had dates on the books, we had people, we had cameos, we had a whole bunch of sh you know, stuff lined up. And then I, I canceled the trip and Brian and I were flying in from California. And these I guys still flew. <laughs> I still came here because I'm like, oh, I got shit to do anyway in Philly, I might as well still But go. these guys were brutal and they were like, you're being ridiculous. And then it was like two weeks later, it was not. Yeah. Well, two weeks later, I ended up flying back to LA and I had a layover in Denver I'm sitting at the bar. I go, you know, get a shot and a beer. The basketball games on the TV, and then like while I'm sitting there at the bar, it's like, okay, this game is they're canceling the game in the middle of the game and sending everybody home. And I was like, oh, this is real. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually happening. Like canceling sporting events now. So it was a really odd time, you know. And it's still, you know, like I can go on and on about this. I'm very upset about the fact that like the the idea of a vaccine now because of the internet, like most people who are senior citizens don't have the capability of going online and figuring out how to mm -hmm. apply for a vaccine at, you know, fucking Walgreens or whatever, you know, it's a shame because it's like, I made the joke earlier today, if they weren't such assholes, 
with her uh, political views, Chick-fil-A drive-through service could do a better job with the vaccine. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it's just a shame because it's like, you know, political figures aside, it doesn't really matter. You know, people are sick. So when people are sick, you need to do the right thing, care for them. If you got to wear a mask, I was got to be honest with you. I've always been stoked to wear the mask. I like the way it looks, you know what I mean? <laughs> I think it's cool. I've got a bunch. I wash them. They're all cloth. You know what I mean? Like, it's a weird thing. And like, I wouldn't say I'm stoked, but like, I will wear it anywhere. I, I used to be a school teacher, so I would get noticed a lot by parents. Like, you know, like at the grocery store, like uh, I worked at the uh, Plymouth Meeting Friends uh, for a couple of years there and like great, great parents, but like really deep thinkers that were conversationalists that I couldn't get away from. And I've seen many people with the mask on and I feel like it's a privilege to be able to just go and get stuff and not, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like be stopped, you know, because I think he tries to stop you like, no, COVID, COVID, <laughs> COVID don't talk to me. You know, it's funny. It's funny. There's one neighbor in my, uh, my, uh, my hood who uh, I was walking my dog one day and like this, I'll be honest, this guy just, he gets on my nerves. All right. I have presumptions about him just from the way he acts towards his wife that we won't go into, but I'm not into that. I'm like a mental vigilante. You know what I mean? Like I'm just sending out positive vibes to replace his negative vibes at all the time. And I'm walking by with my puppy and he comes barreling down his driveway to be like, you mind if I pet your dog? And I'm like, dude, get back, dude. <laughs> I'm feeling well right now. And he's like, well, why are you out walking? I was like, trying to clear out my lungs. <laughs> it is, a, I guess, a vice, but I mean, I just hope that people uh, do the right thing and get vaccinated. You know what I mean? My father-in-law is 91 years old and is in tip-top tip -top health. You know, he has no medical problems at all. Doesn't register for the first wave. And it's like, huh? Yeah, no, come on. Sense. No, that doesn't make sense. I got sense. a brilliant, I got a great idea, guys. <laughs> what if at all your shows down in Florida and the drive throughs or whatever, you know, you have the vaccines too as well for merch. You have <laughs> <laughs> underground thieves vaccine. Buy a CD, buy a t -shirt. Everybody wants one. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, everybody does want one. <laughs> you want to be feeling good, right? <laughs> uh, who, who are you guys going on tour with this time again? Blackberry Smoke. Cool, cool. Where are they from? They're from Atlanta, Georgia. I was just talking about Atlanta, Georgia uh, the other day. Remember when they got hit with snow a few years back and everything got shut down for like an inch or two? Crazy, man. The whole It seems like the whole country right now is just under a blanket of snow. Mm -hmm. people in texas having a hard time man really hard time man we're talking about it earlier just it's uh it's crazy the grid's out nobody knows anything the governor the mayors are blaming the governor the governor's blaming you know everybody else like it is wild i i think it's just crazy though that in hindsight that you know the fabric of our lives hang on wires connected to poles outside you know what i mean like it's it's really barbaric if you think about it yeah for all our technology and all our you know things that we've advanced with yeah. If a tree falls over there, we, we might freeze. <laughs> or, or, or better yet, if you're somebody who's like on dialysis, your life could be, you know, it, you know, it's, it's insane. Yeah. Really, if, you know, I guess too, like generators and like, uh, you know, that whole notion of keeping things going, it is crazy. I mean, I guess we've become soft though. I mean, right. Thousands of years ago, we could handle a few nights in the cold, but now we just, we can't deal with it. We wear jackets inside. We're cold. You guys get cold? You look cold. <laughs> I'm not this cold. guy yet. I'm yeah. always cold. I'm man. always cold as well. Dude, I got. I think I have. Um, like, I guess 
poor blood circulation because I'm always cold. I'm cold right now. I'm not, I, I could actually go outside like with my shirt off and take out the trash and I'd be like, do you want to do that right now? And that's how we'll end the show. <laughs> Let's pick up the- yeah, just take my shirt off, take out the trash. Uh, his, his chest is so hairy when he takes his it shirt off. It is pretty off. hairy. Like another I've shirt got off. a bit of, you know. That's the content hey, we want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm super stoked that you guys are uh, continuing to do stuff. Uh, you know, I always um, champion, you know, you guys, uh, you know, just the fact that you're, you, you do stuff, you know, you make music. And like you've done so many cool things, like all of you combined, you know, and you continue to do it um, from music to film. Uh, it's great. Also, motorcycles, too. I saw that a few years back. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, so continue to do it. And uh, I wish you guys the best as you continue on your journey. You know, uh, don't stop at the destination. Just keep on going. Right. Take that tour around the country, you know. I think it's really cool. It's a cool outfit too. I like the big band. I think there's something to be said about a big band. You know what I mean? Like, um, and also too, like when I've seen the live footage, like you guys do do a great job of you know performing. You know, you're alive on stage, so it's good to be, I guess, in this you know artificial Zoom chat with human beings that can still do their thing. Give me, give, give me the real thing, dude. No matter what, good and bad, warts and all, I want the real thing. That's that's the that's my that's my mo in life. I want the real thing. I don't want a simulation of anything. Give me the real fucking thing. Uh, anything you guys want to plug before we go tonight? I mean, obviously the gig. Where can they get, they check out all the music? Is there a particular website you want? Well, Nick Perry Music Perry with an I P E R R I for people who don't know, um, kind of hubs out to everything else: Spotify, Apple Music, all the tour dates, um, everything that we've got going on. I don't, Paul, you probably have a different one. Paul's not um, on Nick Perry Music. I am not. I'm not in we the could, band. We could put you on Nick Perry Music, though. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Paul, they um, want um, they want some acts uh, for that. Uh, they're taking the country arts thing back to the the main street. So, you know, it, yeah. it's going to be a, le- a smaller bill this year. I'll hit you up in the DMs about it. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Yeah, for uh, me, I've been doing like a song a week on Instagram. You know, it's either a cover, an original I wrote 20 years ago or that I wrote like last week or whatever. Um, it is at P-Keen-E-Z, all one word, P-K-E-E-N-E-Z. So Instagram at that sweet brain anything you want to plug oh good lord well i mean the stuff that we're doing right now like <laughs> that um i mean my instagram is actually all my all my social medias are brian with an i weaver w e a v e r yo okay cool brian weaver yo brian weaver yo um, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. he said Brian, but it's fine Brian. it's cool it's cool it's i thought he said brian yeah that's why i'm glad that you know uh everybody joined us tonight you know Brian, yeah. what were you saying the, no, don't where can they Brenda's check out reiki. <laughs> what about I the Brenda's, Brenda's reiki.com <laughs> yeah there we go that's a great dot com name oh yes okay i started a reiki business if you want to just google it um, I don't want to bore anybody with it, but it's a Earth Bridge Holistic Healing on Facebook. And somebody, wanna... please do us oh. a favor and rent one of Zill's buses. You know, they're yeah. very lonely out there. Somebody do a field trip to Wawa, okay? Yeah. <laughs> someone, someone get married. Yeah, you know? we do, we do weddings. 
Superior yeah. bus service. Hire Bryn. She'll film it. Everybody makes out. You know, that's what yeah, we, yeah, we got. We, got, we can do the music. I'll, music I'll, do the, I'll do the cocktail yeah. hour. These guys can play the full band show. You know. Legacy Lens production. Yeah, I like it. There you go. I really uh, appreciate this time. It even sounds now as we wrap it up after an hour and 16 minutes that we really don't want to go. It seems <laughs> as if... Uh, there's, I've been doing so many podcasts recently and I just, I've been thinking about it and I'm coming up on episode 300. It really is better than paying for therapy in a way. Like this last hour talking about people who share the same sentiment of live music and like, you know, the journey of being a musician and a creative person. It's, it's a cool thing. So with that being said, there's some links down below here in the podcast. Make sure you check out their stuff. My name's Bob and this has been another episode of Bobcast.